This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And that leads nicely, Logan, into what we saw at practice today. More specifically, what you saw at practice today, because I saw a couple of clips on Twitter. Uh, You were there. You've also had a chance to buzz through the film Mm -hmm. uh, real quick. So when you talk about big picture stuff, let's not even get into like the schematic stuff that we've seen from the enemy, all that structure, tempo of practice. What is EB's influence in in terms of how this OTA looks compared to years past? Yeah, I think that's been the most interesting thing about it. It's like they do their kind of traditional Indo. But there's not like Indo directly into like team run, uh, team red zone, third down. It doesn't go like that. There's no team periods or there's very few team periods, I should say. So it starts off with like team Skelly, which is like, you know, tight end, uh, two tight ends, a running back or a fullback versus four linebackers and safeties. And they kind of work mass match pass concepts. And then the receivers go kind of shell coverage down on the other end or they, they, they go against the DBs in some type of shell coverage. So they are running the the, the skill position guys are running a ton. They are running a ton of reps, a ton of routes, and it's kind of under the guise of these different, um, you know, different kind of drills. You know what I mean? Like instead of yeah, saying, so today, there's like some four on four type of stuff. That's and, that's and the skelly two on twos, right? As opposed to you know just one one on ones or you know maybe occasionally you get two on twos. You're getting more complete route concepts. Yeah, and so then they do a ton of seven on seven. I think they. Um, Yesterday or two days ago, they did about 30 plays of seven on seven and they do seven on seven in the field. They do seven on seven in the red zone and they started the seven on seven red zone stuff earlier. Right. And I think that's probably something they brought in from Kansas City. And that's what you see more skilled offenses or more dynamic offenses doing earlier in the process. It used to be like, hey, day one install is first and second down. So we're going to do first and second down stuff and then we'll do that for three days. And then we'll get to third down. And then our last thing is red zone because it's the most specific thing we do. I think teams have kind of realized that those situations, third down, red zone, are more important. So they start prioritizing those a little bit differently. And, and I think you see that with the OTA period right now. That's that's a big part of what they're doing. And so the receivers are running a ton of routes. Um, the thing that sticks out to me as individual, we got to watch a lot of individual today, is uh, we watched the receivers and the quarterbacks. It was Brissett and from down at our end and then uh, um um taylor, not sam. taylor sam was down at the other end with the other quarterback from fordham the the rookie guy so mm-hmm. but eb was standing there they were running 10 yard out routes and he st- stood there in front of the receiver line and watched specifically where they put their foot in the ground 
for 10 players in the row. And if you didn't hit your depth, he would say, get your depth. And he was very demonstrative and loud about it earlier in the Skelly, like later in the Skelly part of practice, like um, Gibson went the wrong way coming out of the huddle. He didn't know exactly what to do. Gave him a nice stern talking to, brought the huddle back together, and then they rebroke it. And I just thought like the attention, the detail that he's shown already is very, very high. You know, they, they're running a lot of screens. The screen game, the details on the screen game are much, much better already, right? The details with alignments, the details with chips. You can just tell that's something that's going to be infectious. And I think that's something that I get very excited about. I don't want to say it feels like a real offense because what they were running last year was a real offense, but the details, the crispness, um, and the kind of the competitiveness over the last two days is something that I wasn't expecting because usually when you install a new offense, the defense, especially one that's been here for four years, is light years ahead. But here you've got a, an offense that looks pretty sharp and looks pretty good. And I think that is um, kind of my thousand foot view of the first two days, you know. That is music, I think, to everyone's ears. Yeah. It's what we thought EB would be. Uh, it's what he was promised to be. And uh, certainly seems to be delivering so far. In terms of schematics, there's not a lot of team stuff, um, but what can you tell just in terms of drills and stuff too? Like, are they working a lot on some of the RPO footwork and some of the the ball handling and things like that? You know, route concepts that, that look familiar from what you've seen in Kansas City's film. Like, what are what are the things that are the same, different, you know, from from last year, uh, both what they ran here and what the enemy was running in Kansas City? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think the thing that sticks out to me is, I mean, a million things, but one, the, the most definitive is probably the um, the use of different personnel groupings and how he uses them, right? It's, you know, it's predominant, like, so they're running a lot of plays, you know, like, I don't want to make it think like they're running, they're, they're running a ton of plays. I think they're running about 50 plays of like team related stuff, team pass related stuff, and it's all pass and they run like two runs in the, in the, in the day, right? And um and it was interesting. Uh, someone made a comment that was like, oh, you know, um, our screen game is actually our run game. So even though we have only have two called runs in the whole practice, we're going to get more reps on the screen game. And everyone always wonders why Andy Reid is so good at the screen game. It's just because he prioritizes it. He prioritizes yeah. the heck out of it. And so you're seeing that already. And I think you'd be probably learned and took that. So what I'll say is the, the diversity of the um, personnel groupings and how he uses kind of Cole Turner John Bates, um, you know, Logan Thomas, Curtis Hodges to kind of a like what he's asking them to do. Like today, Curtis Hodges caught a speed out at 10 yards from a bunch, a position that would normally be required for the wide receiver. But the receiver is kind of setting the pick for him to get open on this route. I thought, wow, that's really that's a really easy throw. It's a really easy catch. And you're allowing this guy to use his athleticism to make this play for you. Right. And then you get in a lot of, of the back out of the backfield very quickly, stressing the defense with um, with overloads, meaning like going from a two by two to a three by one kind of on the snap and getting people out in the route, um, the protections, the play actions. It's, it's a very diverse, challenging offense that presents multiple looks to the defense. And the, in terms of concepts, it's all concepts that you see from around the league. I think the thing that separates, especially this early in the process, is just how formationally how from a personnel grouping standpoint, he's getting to these concepts. And I think that is something that is exciting. And there are little wrinkles to some of the concepts that you see from Kansas City. Um, you know, for example, they ran a mesh concept today where it looked like, you know, they're running across the middle of the field and these the the two receivers, the tight end and the, the slot receiver usually just cross and then run to the flats afterwards. But one of the receivers, um, the receiver after he crossed the tight end, instead of 
running straight across the formation like he's running to the, the opposite flat, stopped, ran vertical, and basically ran like a 10-yard sit. And the defense was expecting the the crossing routes, and they mm-hmm. separated and spread out accordingly, and the, the hole right over the football was wide open. I thought, well, that's a nice little wrinkle to that play, you know, a play that everyone sees, everyone runs that play, but it just is a little bit of window dressing that's going to give you, that's going to make it a little bit easier for the quarterback. So, I mean, you know, I, I watched yesterday's practice. I'm watching uh, today's practice again after being out there on the field. And I just, it's, it's almost challenging offensively to kind of keep track of everything. Unlike last year, where it was a little bit more stagnant and it was a little bit easier to kind of monitor this year. Um, so far, anyway, feels dramatically different. Yeah, definitely. All right, quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of team reps to be split up, but how did they split them, and, and how did both guys Brissett and Howell look? So again, like just to make this clear, there are they are kind of together, right? And they are doing like ones, twos, and threes, and there are enough reps to get that done. It's just not with the offensive line. So instead of doing 50 plays of team, they're doing 20 plays of team, and the rest is seven on seven. So you right. are getting a lot of look at the quarterbacks and what they're doing. And it's been Sam Howell with the ones, at least as far as I can tell, almost every single time. And quite frankly, like he looks like he deserves it. You know, like he, he looks very sharp. The ball is coming out of his hands nice. He's been very accurate. It's been a couple times where the defense has played good coverage. He's had to hold on to the ball. At this time of year, I don't like seeing that personally, but that happens. That's part of this, this time of year. Um and he just looks very comfortable, you know, in routes on air, accuracy is good. Ball velocity is great. Like I don't want to overhype him because there's a lot of time left to go, but looks good. I'm, I'm just going to say yeah. looks good. Brissett looks good. Um, he's working with the twos predominantly, and that's a little bit more challenging because you got some younger guys in that group, uh, guys who aren't overly experienced all the time. Um, and so it gets a little bit messy and you can tell he's kind of feeling his way through some new concepts. Like there's stuff that I think, um, that I undervalued about this offense when I was watching Kansas city, but the quick game specifically is something that they've really been leading on the last couple of days. You know, it's like three-step drops, slants, flats, Mm -hmm. sticks. Um, What else do you run? Hitches, stuff like that. And I think um, there's times where it's there, but he's not used to kind of how quickly it's coming up and he's just hanging on the ball a little bit long. So I think he'll get better as they go. Um, Fromm's actually looked pretty good, you know, with the threes, he's, he's made some nice throws. Arm looks live. I threw a pick today, but I think, you know, pretty solid from all three guys. And the thing that I love about it is they're throwing a ball in Skelly. They're throwing a ball in that two V two. They're throwing a ball in seven on seven and EB is coaching immediately. Hey man, it's the ball's complete. You can say, Hey, I want this throw. I can, you can see his mouth. He's a loud talker. Oh, I want to throw to this spot. Like don't hold it that long. And I'm just, that to me, I think is going to accelerate that quarterback growth from everybody because they're all going to get that feedback on the field, they're going to get in the meeting room. They're going to get it pre-practice in the meeting. So, um, you know, it's day two. So everyone just chill out. Can we get that yeah. chill out? Everyone chill out. But I'm cautiously optimistic about the direction the offense is going. Hey, it's Craig Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So I would just underscore here to go back into our first segment, like 
that's why being around matters, yeah. right? Because if you're a guy like Chase Young and Jack Del Rio is giving a coaching point or your D-line coach is giving a coaching point to someone else, even if you're not in the drill on that rep, like there's value there. You understand what the coach wants. You can learn something. You can't do that going one-on-one -on -one against a bag. Like it just is not a thing. And right. so again, like if, if he's sitting out this week to work on some individual stuff, because he knows this is not a very heavy week for that kind of coaching, even those kinds of situations for O-line, D-line, because there's only 20 team reps in the period and everything else is fairly pass heavy skeleton type of stuff. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but if he continues to miss this and, you know, they get to a point where they're working on the run game, they're working on, you know, some, some more full team type of stuff and he's still not there. That is the value that he's missing. So I just, yeah. I thought that was a, a, because of, uh, the way you described that, I thought that was good to underscore, yeah. um, on how the footwork, um, that was kind of the big thing for him last year in camp. Uh, and then improving on that, it got better. Still some questions about some stuff in the Dallas game. Uh, but how does he look now in terms of comfort? And, you know, also it, I know it's hard to tell because like, can, can, and let me even ask you this. Can you tell, um, you know, without knowing the coaching points exactly yeah. uh, at this point of the off season? It's hard to tell. I, I will say I forgot his number and I was like, who's 14? Like he looks pretty sharp on his drops, you know, and it's <laughs> him obviously. Um, yeah. So I do think he looks better. Um, again, yeah. part of it is just, I'm still getting a feel for like what they're doing offensively. They are doing more stuff. It's more stuff from the gun. Um, that's makes sense because that's what he did in Kansas city. And Sam looks better from the gun. Cause that's what he did in college. So I think that all makes sense. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it'll be, that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on. But to me over the first couple of days, he, he looked good, you know, and like, I'm, I'm happy. And again, there was a couple of hiccups here and there from everybody, but I think it's, like the the arm talent is exceptional and if he can kind of continue to grow and continue to learn and continue to develop you know it could be special and again second day of ota everyone calm down including myself so just <laughs> take a deep breath you know what i mean yeah i just i'd rather hyperventilate and get really mad on the internet about sam Howell that he's, yeah. gonna be, he's going to the hall of fame right tomorrow. right um but the other interesting thing uh, before we move on from the segment is um yeah the defensive backs Mm -hmm. They've been doing a lot of different stuff out there. Cam's obviously not practicing because of whatever is going on with him. Is he holding out for what's? Has he said anything? Uh, I, I think it was actually. I don't know. I didn't see anything specific in terms right. of reasoning. I'm sure he did. I didn't get. I read some quotes. I didn't read the full right. okay. press conference. Um, but he did say. You know, the quote that kind of went around uh, was that that he did not want to, or he wanted to be there. Right. right. Like he just, he wanted to be around the guys. He likes being there. Yeah. And, you know, if he's holding out for an extension, good for him, you know, whatever. But yeah. he's here and I think he's doing it the right way because I think, quite honestly, I think Duran showed you the best way to get this done, you know, stick around, be around the team and then have a good year and you're going to get paid. So, um, but the defensive backs, he's not practicing. So Percy Butler's been in the post. Forrest has kind of been the, um, you know, the, the, the strong safety. There's no really strong or free safety in this look. But if I had to kind of assign it, one's, you know, those are the two guys playing. Uh, Quan's worked in a little bit. Forbes has pumped in at the nickel. St. Juice has been at the nickel. Um, the rotation in the back end has been really interesting. Jamin Davis is out. So Cleek Hudson's mm -hmm. been playing linebacker and then Cody Barton's the other linebacker. Um, and it's the speed that those safeties have, you know, is pretty dynamic. And it's just like, if they can figure it out, and especially when Cam gets back, like that group could be very, very special. 
Oh, um, you know, Emmanuel Forbes talking about him. He has a pretty yeah. good couple of days. Sometimes I feel like he's a little out of control. Got bodied a little bit today by um, Curtis Hodges, not Curtis Hodges, um, Curtis Cole, Cole, Cole Turner on okay. a route today. Kind of collision, couldn't quite sit down on it. You know, I think I'm just going to be hyper aware of any time there's contact with him. But looks sharp, looks fast, able to run with Curtis uh, Samuel. Had a go today with Curtis Samuel, ran with him in a nice way. So um, I, I, that group is going to be so fun to watch. And if they can develop, you know, 25 percent, that's probably high 15 percent over the next couple of weeks, couple of months. Like that group's going to be scary because Quan does an excellent job. Had a man-to-man coverage rep on Logan Thomas. Uh, the first day and just looked like was in his pocket and made a nice play on the ball. Like they, they've got some ball players over there. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see how that group develops. Um, before we move on to some other positional stuff uh, on the offensive side to wrap up the show, how did they actually line up in the limited number of team reps? Like, was it Kendall and BSJ? Was it Forbes? Like, do you remember the, uh, so it just depends lineup? like the first day, you know, it was probably Forbes in the, as a nickel. And then today it was probably, predominantly uh, Benjamin St. Juice in the nickel. Um, I think they're just going to kind of tr- cross, like the same way you would an offensive line. You're going to cross train, get people in good spots, and see what the best solution is at the end of the year, at the, you know, when season comes around. But I think I really think like they all look like they're going to settle in fine either way. But, um, you know, it's the back-end safety guys that I think I'm excited about the most because the – the speed that Butler has, like he covers so much ground from that post spot and they haven't really had a guy quite like that in a while. So, um, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. The last guy they had with that kind of speed was probably Monte Nicholson and Monte had this like five game stretch where it looked like he was going to go to the hall of fame <laughs> and then, then like reality set in. Yeah. Um, and obviously he had a lot of other stuff that happened as well. He was with the DC defenders this year. That was it's crazy. Really, I didn't yeah. Know that. He was there. And so was Swearinger. And I was like, I covered I an NFL Ranger. football team where this was the starting safety duo. <laughs> um, but, you know, that back end speed to be able to cover things sideline to sideline means so, so much to a defense. And so, yeah, Butler can be that guy. Like, that's, that's fantastic. And obviously, He'll Cam's be... not even out there, which is crazy. Right. So, right. Exactly. They just got a lot of good football players. What a concept. What a concept.